part two of my conversation with Angela Carell, author of the May Hollow Trilogy. This episode is for readers, writers, creatives of all kinds. She'll share her writing journey, process, and a new project. She'll also talk about opportunities she can provide you for solo writing retreats and creative community. Be sure to hear her story in part one, linked in the episode notes, and read the blog post, also linked, on how she wanted a simpler life and found it in Stanford, Kentucky with her husband, Jess. There they live on a sustainable farm and have revitalized the downtown area of the village dating back to the 1700s that inspired her books. She takes us on a tour through the first historic guest cottage that they saved and renovated, restaurant and event spaces, and her soap factory, where it all began as a way to save her goats. Angela continues to design spaces so readers can experience small-town living in the two worlds of her novels, one in Kentucky and soon Tuscany, Italy, where she and Jess are remodeling rental properties. Check out My Stay in Whitley Cottage, which included a massage at Esther's Well House and meals at farm-to-table Bluebird Restaurant. Angela says part of the charm of Stanford is its seclusion. It's located about an hour south of Lexington Small Airport. She said that she wants guests to experience the fact that here you can leave everything, let your blood pressure drop, be fully present, and receive. I can tell you now that I did experience that firsthand. This is gonna be especially appealing to those of you, like me, who are trying to finish a big project in the new year. She believes that we need getaways for getting back to what's most important, such as the universal theme woven in her novels, remembering your first loves, family members, childhood friends, career goals, and dreams. As I wrote in the blog post, Angela's descriptions of Southern life are very familiar. Her main character, Annie, returns home to the farm where she hasn't spent much time since high school. Annie had traveled all over the world as a flight attendant, but when laid off, she goes home to see her grandmother. She'd forgotten much of this world. Angela, with her writing, reminds me of the things I'd forgotten until I read them. Fishing for bluegill and crappie, sleeping under quilts, country ham hanging by strings from barn rafters. Gathering eggs at my great aunt's, scared of being pecked by some very ornery hens. As she looks at her prom dresses that are hanging on the back of a door, which I totally get because my mother always kept mine in her closet, she thinks back to high school and when she and her best friend, Jake, sort of took different paths. She had started dating a guy that would take her to field parties after football games. Everybody felt young and invincible. Annie is surprised of the feelings that she has for Jake when they, she sees him again when she comes home. And she tells a friend, you know, that they used to be like brother and sister. Um, and that all those years, they definitely lost touch. But as Angela wrote, Annie says, I guess life takes you in different directions and you forget how much someone means to you. And so again, a lot of this book is about remembering those things that matter. It was really exciting. I, I remember going to a business writing class and absolutely falling in love with writing. That was, a, I've always loved to read, always been a big reader, but then writing, I really didn't, writing came easy to me. I mean, in school, it was no nothing for me to write papers. I, I kind of enjoyed it, but I never thought about it. And then when I fell in love with that business writing class, it was just like something opened up in me. 
I started kind of, I think, at that point with the idea maybe I would write someday. But even before that, um, I had done an internship, and my job there was to write press releases. And I was woefully inadequate to do that coming from a liberal arts background. I had, think I had one class on how to write a press release. Yeah. <laughs> I knew nothing about it. And, I mean, it was awful. When I think back on that experience, I think I was just such a miserable failure. Um, but I went in to see the last day of my um, internship. I went to see my supervisor, and she was she was nice, but she was one of these was a little bit. She was very direct, and you know she didn't really coat anything with sugar, and she wasn't a southerner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so she said to me, um, "Well, you'll never write the great American novel." But if you work hard and read a lot and, you know, you might make a decent, you know, you might be able to write a decent press release or something like that. And when she said, I'll never write the great American novel, I think something kind of clicked in my, the back of my head. And I thought, well, I just might write the great American novel. Yeah. <laughs> As if those two things are anything alike. Even anything alike. Yeah. But somehow when she to told say. me I couldn't do something, I know, when she told me I couldn't do something, I thought maybe I'm going to do that. I'm not saying it's a great American, but maybe I'll write a novel. So I think that was in the back of my head. The writing got turned on. So quiet here that um, I could. I was wondering if you ever, when one of your properties here are, are if, if you had a property that was empty, do you go there and write ever? Or well, you you might think that, but the problem is I'm also the designer of the property. Uh, so yeah. when I go in the houses, <laughs> I'm working. Right. I'm, I'm I'm looking at things right. and going, well, there's a little bit of a something that needs to be replaced here, and right. then this chair needs to be recovered, and right. this painting. So I really don't. I, but I do use Italy for that and for I can really unplug in Italy and I write at home too. I write early in the mornings at home. But I've never been able to go. If I go into one of the guest houses, I'm, I'm working. So Sure. But you do have writing retreats? People come we do. Here. We actually have several groups that come to um, our, our play. We have some a ballroom. We have a, kind of a living room style meeting room that we're in right now for our little talk. And um, we have some other meeting rooms that are in process. Um, so we love to have groups to come here, especially for retreats. And one of the retreats that we actually host is part of Wedgwood, and it's called the Good Lit Retreat, Retreat the Good Lit Writers Collective. And so they come here every um, August, and we have about, I think right now we're at around 13, 14 writers that we select, so it's, it's highly, um, com not, I'm not going to say competitive, I don't feel it's competitive at all, but we do, you have to be at a certain level of writing to, to be accepted, and we like to offer this particularly to, um, our focus is on fiction, but we also like to to uh, offer it to people that are kind of early in their writing careers as far as maybe they've got one book out or they're just on the verge, they have a manuscript in process, they're just finishing it up. That We like that kind of early part where we can sort of come alongside and provide some help, community coaching, mentorship, and then we love to celebrate their successes and we've had several. Great. Now, um, so what, I know you said that it's been harder, in a way, to write a memoir than it was to write fiction. Yes. Why do you think that is? 
Well, I think a couple of reasons. One, um, I haven't, other than my nonfiction writing, you know, that really was the foundation of my writing career, I haven't written a lot of nonfiction in a while, so I focus mostly on my books, other than a few short things. And so thinking of writing a nonfiction book alone is going to be a little bit of a shift from writing fiction. And then when you also attack, tackle a, um, a memoir situation, it can be quite emotional mm -hmm. because you're going back and you're pulling up um, some things that were impactful in your life. And so I think the combination of all of that, what made this a challenging process and in the middle of a pandemic, and um, which to me, I, I've heard some people found it to be a wonderful time to write. I found it to be very distracting, personally. I think my brain was just constantly, maybe because of the businesses and everything else, we were just pivoting constantly. So I didn't feel like it was particularly a great time for me to write. It was good, but not great. Um, so I think all of those combinations and then just not knowing enough about the process of a travel memoir and what that should look like and learning on the fly. Mm -hmm. But it's been a good learning experience and I think um, kind of at the end, uh, there is a light at the end of the tunnel and it is sunlight, I'm quite sure at this point. <laughs> how, how long, so when did you start it and when do you think you'll be finished mm -hmm. and what is your process to get that Well, done? I started, you know, I knew when I was experiencing this uh, love of Italy and the uh, thinking about buying a place there, I saved all my emails with the realtor and just to mm -hmm. try to track timeline, mm -hmm. I made notes because I, I thought it would be a fun thing to mm -hmm. put in some format. I didn't know what that would look like. So I, I guess in some ways I was trying to track things all along, but I didn't get serious about writing the book until I think it was maybe... Um, and somewhere in the summer of 19, I probably started writing more seriously and trying to make it, put it into some format. But unfortunately, um, my mother passed away in the fall of 2019. And so uh, I, it slightly turned into a bit of, I was like, okay, I don't know really what this story is now. I thought it was this, and now my mother has passed away. And then the, uh, several other things happened in my life and you have to read the book to find out and then <laughs> and then the pandemic hit so it was it was a little bit hard to make sense of really what it needed to be but I feel like we're kind of on the right track now and ended up with maybe two or three stories to tell out of it mm -hmm. I think I think even when you kind of know like the one I'm working on I mean I know where I want it to end but the problem is, is that we're writing it after the fact and we're feeling different things and we're trying to get back to where we were then, which journaling, of course, helps with that. But, um, but time is going to move on right. and we're going to change while that story is true and yeah. was right for that season. Right. Yes. And then I've heard, I don't know if you've heard this one or even talked about this before, but, um, I've heard I heard someone say a travel a memoir uh, teacher say you really have no business writing your travel your not travel but your memoir when you're in the middle of it mm -hmm. because and I think at some level as we say in the country the creek's too high right. and you have to let the creek go down a bit right. before you can cross it yeah. and so I think at some level 
you you do have to have some distance from it otherwise the it, the emotions are too strong right and then if you can get away from it and then ex remember what you experience then it might even be a bit more balanced sure but I think that's an intro I've kind of observed that a little bit because I feel like when I was trying to write two years ago was a lot more raw and painful mm -hmm. than maybe what it needed to be and right. what it's where it's landing today when you in working on this since 2019 like do you work on it five days a week four days a week how does that work I think I'm a little I'm, it depends on what's going on mm -hmm. so if I'm really pushing towards getting a, a revision done mm -hmm. um, then I'm pretty serious about um, I, I don't I don't do seven days a week. I like to give myself mm -hmm. a day off. Mm -hmm. Usually that's Sunday, but um, sometimes it might be, I, I let my Sabbath be Saturday, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then I work on Sunday morning. But I like the mornings. I usually get up at five or six and try to write for three hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want a long enough time to get into it. Mm -hmm. If I'm really pushing towards a deadline, maybe four hours, um, maybe longer. But if I'm currently, I'm not writing because I'm I've got the manuscript in a couple of readers' hands, and so I'm waiting on their feedback. Okay. And so that's part of the revision process. I'm sure you know well, but you you write, then you let people weigh in and give you feedback, and then you adjust and re rewrite and revise. And so I'm in the revision process now, hoping to get it to my agent by January. So we'll see. It's exciting. But that's, that's my writing. So I don't write every day, but I write regularly. And I do find it's a discipline. I don't write when I feel like it. If I wrote when I felt like it, I would write very little. Right. It's a discipline. Yeah. And I'm sure it's hard to balance. I mean, you've got businesses. You've got, you've got a lot going on. Travel. and It is, but I find that structure helps. The more structured I am... I'm, I'm, a, I'm the most structured, unstructured person, probably. It's, it, I have to have structure, but I love some unstructured. That creative in me loves unstructured time as well. I don't like my day full of meetings. Mm -hmm. So I try, to, I try to have a day where I do have meetings, but then I, also, I don't start them until uh, 10 or 11, usually 11 o'clock when I'm writing. I try to keep my mornings free. Yeah. And then I do my meetings and business stuff from 11 until, you know, say 4 or 5 o'clock. And then I try to do whatever else after that. But I just try to structure it so that I can get everything in a compartment. Mm -hmm. And then that, that makes it feel doable for me. How often do you, like, drop in the Bluebird or, or the Wellhouse or the well, store? The <laughs> store yeah, well, the store probably a bit more often just because we're at Christmas now. And we've had a couple of uh, things that I've needed to be in there just a little bit more lately but you know we have a great team and that is that's a big help um and that's a, that's a little bit of part of my book too it used to not be that way I used to um, be very much in the day-to-day -day operations which was not in my giftedness I'm a maker not a manager mm -hmm. and so when I try to manage it really doesn't end well mm -hmm. for me or anybody else mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> especially the accountants <Yeah>. so <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I get that. So I think it really has um, been good to recognize our strengths and weaknesses and then have people come in on the things that you're like, I don't, I'm not really, I don't do well with performance reviews and hiring, firing. I love to be in on an interview if it's a higher level person, but I'd, I don't really want to be the one doing all the stuff. So, so we have a great team now and I have been freed up to focus on design, vision, and guest experience, which are my three favorite things. And so I don't, I pop it up, I'm in the bluebird, but I'm really just having the meetings I'm, are really at the high level of, um, with the leaders of, of what our vision is and what we want the guests to experience when they come in. So the design part is, can be a lot more time consuming just because that really is um, replacing things. And I love that part, art, antiques, mm -hmm. all of that. I love that part of it, but it can be quite a bit more time consuming. So the store is actually great. It's really running. It's running with great guns now. So I don't have a lot to do there other than when we have a special with Christmas or something. Big, big thanks to Angela Carell. Had such a fun time in Stanford with her. Really appreciated getting to know her and talking about so many different things, books, writing, life. And so hopefully you have been inspired to get to writing, whether you are already have a project going on or whether you want to start a project. I'm actually going to be doing an online course um, on travel writing. I've taught it for a while now here in person in Nashville. I also had plans to teach this in Morocco, where I used to live for a couple of years. was very excited about that, but until things calm down with the pandemic, uh, we're not going to be able to, to plan that quite yet. However, if you would like to do a Zoom course, I've had a lot of people tell me lately that there's a story in their life they want to tell. Um, I would love to have you in this course. So if you would, just give me, write me an email, cindylmccain1 at gmail.com, and I would love to talk with you about the course. Again, it's called Travel Tales. It's going to center on a place that has meant something to you, an experience, but that place doesn't have to be, you know, somewhere abroad. It could actually be any place that you've gone that that is important to you. It could be to your, you know, on your grandmother's front porch, sitting on the porch swing with her when you were young or or really just, you know, whatever it is, the story that you you feel. And we all know when we have a story that we really need to tell. I would love to have you in the class. So thank you for listening. And I hope that this is your best year yet. <music>